My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose. Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans with DC Comics doing the big and small screen, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. Hey, Tim. Yeah. Long week. Tell me about it. Long week. Yeah, we say that every week. Yeah, we do say that every week, but you've had some stuff going on. I've... (sighs) Yes. uh, This was the last week of swim practice for my son, so it's like, yay! No more getting up in the morning and having to be at the gym at 8.15. Oh, uh, that's too early. <laughs> well, actually, it's not, <laughs> considering I get up at 5. It's, it's not. It's really not. Oh, no, trust me. I still get, I mean, the, the little brother still wakes me up at about 6, but it's like, but now I can, now I don't have to get up and go anywhere. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of funny. That's been the thing. Like, you know, my son is 6. He's going to be turning 7 here in a few months. Since the day he was born, this guy gets up at 4 or 4.30 every single morning. You have done something thing wrong well and my daughter's just been the opposite like she has no problem sleeping in which is fantastic but like he gets up and he's like well i'm ready to go like he would literally come in a room at 4 30 in the morning you know and he'd come in and he goes okay let's go downstairs let's 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 go and he's like like we're dead asleep and he has no problem just coming in like okay it's time to go it's you're on my schedule right now <laughs> and it's like we've been battling this for so long and it, we finally got him to a point where we, we got him to like like 15 minute increments we'd get him to to say, hey, you know, you can't come in our room until this time. You know, we'd we'd write something down on a note card and he would look at his clock and and he would just like almost like follow that to a T. Like, you know, be 545 in the morning, he'd just walk in like, okay, let's go. (laughs) And so he's been doing this forever, but like he's actually been sleeping in. (laughs) He's sleeping in till like 6, 630 now. Oh, it's fantastic. My God. Well, for me, I've been, I, we've been talking a little bit about this, but I have made it my point in the last month to finally get into an exercise routine because I just need to, I've been feeling like a Pillsbury Doughboy and I wasn't happy with myself. And as I was just saying, I've lost seven pounds in a month simply by first, I just, I made sure I was cycling at least 30 minutes a day. Now I'm cycling like 60 minutes a day. I usually do like a 30 minute in the morning and a 30 minute at night to, you know, the Apple watches help because I've got that video game mentality of I must close the rings. <laughs> right. Yeah. I hear people talk about that all the time. Oh yeah. And then of course, you know, I saw the whole like dad bot thing with Jason Momoa going around social media this week. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, screw you. I do have a dad bot. And I'm trying so hard to do something <laughs> about it and, and not trying to do any crazy diets, just literally, you know, basically yeah. just counting calories. You know, don't do some weird fad diet thing. Just literally be in a caloric deficit every day. Yeah. Burn more than I eat. 
Yeah. That's, that's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> it's one of the simplest math problems out there. Is <laughs> really, how do you lose weight? It's very simple. Calories in, calories out. It's that simple. More out than in. Yes. <laughs> it really so is. So I'm actually, I'm actually under 200 for the first time in forever. Okay. So I'm like, yes. I didn't realize you were up that high, honestly. I had gotten up uh, about seven years ago. I lost 30 pounds in uh, six months. And I did do like a low carb, low calorie kind of diet. No exercise just strict yeah. diet and I lost it took me six months but I lost 30 pounds I had gotten up into like 215 at, seven years ago oh, wow. and I got myself down to like 184 yeah. and then in the last six years I've just slowly gained it back and I, I and I was and I'd gotten myself up to about like 206 <laughs> so now my goal was to basically as everyone jokes but you know get me back to my high school weight like that's that's kind of the that's kind of the goal and I'm hoping that if I actually count my calories and I actually do this crazy thing called exercise, you know, maybe I can achieve it. So listening to podcasts and audiobooks where I'm on the, uh, we have a recumbent bike in the garage, which is great because, you know, I don't have to go anywhere. I yeah. just go into my garage and pedal my butt off. Literally. Is it, is, is your garage air conditioned? <laughs> no, that's the beauty of it. Okay. Is that I, and I'm in freaking Alabama in July. I know, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> do you do like this Kevin Spacey thing? Do you, I mean, do you like lift up the, you know, open up the garage door and you're just doing your workout no i know the garage door stays closed okay (laughs) but 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 it is basically a sauna so like i I mean i'm like dripping sweat but but the point is that sometimes i've learned that when it's hotter during the day it actually gets my heart rate up higher which means i burn more calories so i'm okay with it i'm okay with being in my un un climate control my (laughs) non-climate control garage pedaling on a recumbent bike because it's actually making me work harder and i'm in my own house so and I stop it about 30 minutes and I go and wash off and drink some water and I'm, and I'm doing it safely, but I don't mind being uncomfortable because it makes the work. I get more bang for my buck. Nice. Well, cool. Well, good for you, man. Good for you. So, yeah. And for me, it's like um, uh, this, this past Monday and Tuesday had a family emergency and it was uh, it was a bit stressful for me Tuesday night. It was a bit scary. We we were very concerned. Yes. I appreciated <laughs> the Denzel Washington GIF you sent out. Yes. <laughs> Afterwards. I was like, that was a close call. Yeah, that was a bit scary. So yeah, but yeah, she's doing fine right now. And so I'm very thankful for the surgeons that kind of took care of things. I'm super thankful for everything, and especially with how it all went down. So anyway, enough of that. I'd say let's get on and let's get ready to kind of start this show. But let's talk about some of our standard announcements, Scott. Oh, absolutely. Because we are members of the Suicide Squadcast Network. That does include DC Comics Squadcast with Chris and Jordan talking about all kinds of DC comics. We also have Fans Without Borders with Brent and Ray talking about all things geekery and we also have DC TV Squadcast hosted by Ray and guest or guests Yeah, which still this week will continue to be me talking about Young Justice and Krypton and Chris continuing to talk about Swamp Thing and we are we are waiting with bated breath for Tim's eventual return to DC TV's return or have you ever been on DC TV Squadcast? Uh, have I? I don't know if I ever have. I don't think you have. Well no. we're waiting for the per- for the Tim premiere <laughs> on DC TV Squadcast to talk about Pennyworth. Yes, Pennyworth. I'm still, I've, I've been still looking, by the way. It is not showing up as a season pass on iTunes yet, so. You are gonna have to, like, do the add-on <laughs> channel. You're I'm, just gonna, I'm have, gonna to have to bite the bullet. I have to bite the bullet, yep. So we will do that. But yeah, that's just the end of this month, so that's coming right up. Also, uh, we'd like to thank all you guys that are helping to support the network. I hope you're enjoying all the added content we have. We just put out the Return of Swamp Thing review, which was <laughs> epic. Um, I think the Twitter, I think 
the Twitter conversations were more interesting than the movie itself. I'm just, <laughs> I mean, the the audience, you guys, the listeners, wow, you had some real fun on Twitter the night that dropped. Yes, yes, saying. you did. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and it was absolutely fun listening to it because, like, literally, Chris Rimmer, I don't know how many times he called Dick DeRock, he, he referred to him as Dick Warlock. I don't know if you remember that during the review. I didn't. I think I just didn't care. I think after watching that movie, I just wanted that review over with. Yeah. So. I, I think he referred to him as Dick Warlock about nine times in the review. Oh, God. So. It's a drinking game. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I made a drinking game out of it. So that was a lot of fun. And I know that we've got uh, our next Squadcast movie recording scheduled. We will be recording from hell this coming week. Yes. And I started watching some of it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that one. It has been so long since I've seen that movie. It has. And it has. I'm hoping to get the graphic novel read before the review as well so I can have both those things occupying my mind at the same time. Oh no, that's never a good thing. <laughs> it's like time cops, same manner cannot occupy same space. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so uh, so we've got, you know, we got more content coming. So, and if you guys would like to help support the network, uh, we appreciate all the support you're able to give us at $5 a month. You can hear all these added shows that we have, so. All right, so let's get on to the news yeah. because we reported last week that there was a rumor going around that the front runner name for the Warner Media streaming service was going to be HBO Max. And lo and behold, we got a trailer this week advertising the Warner Media service. And, well, golly gee, folks, HBO Max is the official name. It was a little anticlimactic because we already talked about this last week. Yeah. And so it was kind of interesting. I mean, of course, um, you know, HBO Max. And the reason we're talking about it, because, of course, we want to know how this is going to affect the, the content we particularly care about. Anything DC related here. You know, once the trailer kind of dropped, it became evident, you know, they're talking about with their new streaming service, you know, they're highlighting all the connections that all the other channels that they have, like TBS, CNN, uh, Cartoon Network, Boomerang. Um, and they mentioned uh, True TV, TNT. Of course, they make a mention to the DC properties and also New Line Cinema. So they're rolling all these things into one. So we're wondering, okay, what's well, mentioning DC Universe, or actually just DC, uh, does it have anything to do with DC Universe? And lo and behold, they had a really quick blurb, like it was impossible to see because they started doing this like uh, frenetic. It was not impossible to see because I saw it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I spotted it with my eagle eye. Yeah, okay. Um, Your eagle eyes uh, spotted Doom Patrol, a DC Universe original, is going to be on HBO Max. Which I think is smart. I mean, that's a show that really kind of struck a chord with people. Yeah. I feel like that's a great kind of outside-the-box programming to include on something like HBO Max. I think so, too, because, I mean, I don't know what the number of subscribers to DC Universe is, but it's got a pale in comparison to what the number of subscribers are for HBO right now. Of course it's going to pay a person to HBO. <laughs> so, so what's great is like, you know, and this is one thing I've always like, like the idea of is like exposing this DC content, especially a show like Doom Patrol, which is so wacky and original, you know, put that out there to where a lot of other people could see it. And so I'm hoping we get that out there and then, you know, we eventually get any kind of news on like, are we going to get a season two or not? You know, if we can get some interest in this thing. So, um, of course, that <laughs> that decision is going to be made long before this ever gets premiered on this network, because this is going to actually debut in spring of next year, the streaming service. And they're making some distinctions here between what they're calling Max Originals, which is going to be the exclusive content just for HBO Max, and then also 
also the future upcoming HBO programming that will be included. But there's a whole bunch of content on here that I was like, I had no idea any of this stuff was coming. Like like this like this press release. I mean, I knew about Dune the Sisterhood, and I knew about the flight attendant. But there's other stuff like Tokyo Vice, Station Eleven, the this Gremlins animated series. It's like <laughs> seriously. Yeah. So um, so from this press release, there really was nothing listed in terms of like DC original content, but it did say that uh, well, actually one of the things they talked about right in the very first uh, sentence of the press release, they talk about Batwoman from the CW network. Yeah, I thought that was... I, I, so apparently the press release is indicating that Batwoman... We talked about the whole Netflix deal thing and how you know that was going to be changing. So it sounds like Batwoman will not be going to Netflix and this Riverdale spinoff either. Like it's going to... When it needs a streaming home, it's going to HBO Max. It will never go to Netflix. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. So the way the deal is going to work, and and we got some details from, I guess, both Variety and Deadline, and they said HBO Max will not start running the full seasons of Batwoman, and it talked about this Riverdale one and Katie Keene, until 30 days before the start of their following season. Which is interesting, uh, because Netflix was always 14 days after the season ended. Like 10 to 14 days after the season ended. And now it's going to be the month before the new season starts. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so Batwoman's going to still be on the CW, uh, but then it will become, I, I don't know if it's going to be exclusive streaming. Did they say exclusive for sure? It'll certainly be streamed on HBO Max. Well, what I read in the press release, the exclusive streaming home to a string of new Warner Brothers produced dramas for the CW beginning with the fall 2019 season, including the highly anticipated new DC Entertainment series Batwoman. There you go. So it does okay. say the exclusive streaming home yeah and just like with anything i think it's going to be exclusive until they decide they have an opportunity to make more money off of it <laughs> so like if uh just like if you know if if netflix came back and said we really wanted the series you know and and i could see them saying well you can have it for a price dun 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 yeah, i could see that kind of stuff happening money talks yeah money talks now what we did get a article from business insider that did I guess finally confirm that DC Universe and HBO Max will coexist. The DC Universe service is not being absorbed by HBO Max. However, we are still that that still makes us cock our eyebrow at the fact that the that Doom Patrol logo was included in the HBO Max trailer. Mm-hmm. Well, and they did refer to it, you know, Doom Patrol it says a DC Universe original. So they didn't call it an HBO Max original. Right, which means possibly Possibly that they might be using this as a way of drawing people to the DC Universe service? I don't know. It, I, or are they going to see how well a DC Universe original does on HBO Max? You know, there's two different ways to look at that. Sure, yeah. Is it is it like a trial balloon? Exactly. Okay, so I always kind of felt like the fact that they brought in that whole comics library really meant that that was going to be the primary selling point for DC Universe. And I still kind of feel like that's probably the case. And, and that's the thing that allows them to kind of justify keeping a separate because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, people subscribing to HBO Max aren't necessarily wanting comic books to be, like, integrated into that. Well, well okay, wait. Maybe this is a sentence from the Business Insider article that we need to include here. This says, this is despite the fact that HBO Max will include DC Universe program. So the question becomes, is the DC Universe Originals going to be available on both DC Universe and HBO Max? Or does that just mean some of the 
other shows will be shared, like, say, Doom Patrol? That's the question that I then have is, is DC Universe going to still exist as a, you can get the DC Universe original content plus the comics and all the other movies and stuff here, but if you sign for HBO Max, you can at least still get the show, the original shows over there as well. Yeah. I guess that becomes my question mark. But this at least answers the question that DC Universe is not going away. Right. Yet. Yeah, yet. I mean, and I think that's fair to say yet because, you know, this is just the state of it right now. Like, these things can change pretty quickly. But it seems like they're at least kind of transitioning some of the content over to be at least make it available. Uh, not saying it's going to originally uh, appear in HBO Max. Like, I, my take on this is my guess what is happening is it's still going to premiere on DC Universe. And then at some point it would move over to HBO Max to be available to be streamed there as well. Well, that makes sense. You know, give it to the people who subscribe to DC Universe first. Right. But then share it over to HBO Max to get more eyeballs on it. I mean, it's it's almost like the same thing as like a CW show, right? You have a CW yeah. show, you air it on the network that is, you know, basically footing the bill for it. And then... And then you can move it over to Netflix. Hoping to get to generate more eyeballs who then will hopefully tune in for the next season. Right, right. They might be hoping that this will spur on more subscribers for DC Universe. Yeah, I mean, I th- I, I think it can go both ways. I mean, that was the, th- the thing that I, I like about this is if you get a lot more eyes on, um, you know, say Doom Patrol or or maybe like a Swamp Thing, who knows what's going to happen to that. But like if you get more eyes on it, then then maybe you can, you can build up a larger audience and help justify the money that's invested into it and then you could still say premiere it on dc universe but then eventually have it available to all these other people i mean it sounds like sounds like it makes business sense to me yeah i mean i think the thing is too like for me personally the the bigger value of dc universe right now is the comics so like i to me i feel like that's a viable that's a viable selling point of that service because like and you've both of us have said this before all the content that's on there you and i basically own everything except for the original content except for the original content and and some of the comic books. Yeah. So to me, it's like the availability of all the comic books is, is like a huge selling point. So I, I could see that being the reason to keep it separate. But the other thing it says here in that Business Insider article, it says that DC Universe is planning to provide updates on its original shows like Titans and Doom Patrol at San Diego Comic-Con later this month. AKA next week. <laughs> yeah, next week. <laughs> so hopefully we'll get a better idea of like what the future plans are for these two shows. All right. Um, quick little side note. Fire at Leavesden. Yes, there was actually a fire. <laughs> at the Warner Brothers Leavesden Studios in the UK on the set of one of these HBO Max originals we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, specifically Avenue 5. And uh, it was it was described by Deadline as a sizable fire, but it only affected this one set and there were no injuries because at the time of the fire, uh, nobody was there. Yeah, when I first saw this, I was like, the first thing I was like, okay, is everyone okay? Like, okay. And then when I saw that there were no injuries, I was like, oh, thank God for that but then i thought to myself was like okay these uh release of snyder cut protests have gone way too far <laughs> please and please everyone he's joking <laughs> of course that, i'm that's, joking <laughs> that's tim's classic sarcasm that's my sarcasm but no uh, it's it's i'm glad everyone's okay but what's kind of interesting is the avenue five show that was filming in that studio uh still has two more episodes to film and this is one of the shows that's being pushed out by HBO Max as an original, as one of their like signature shows that they're kind of like uh, banking on. So they're going to have to find some other place to film those last two episodes. Yeah, and I was like, Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad? Egots! <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about that show. Do you know anything about that? I, I, if it wasn't for this fire, I would not have known this show existed. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's move on. We 
got some of the first pictures we've had of, not the first pictures, but we got several pictures from the Joker film. Yeah, from Empire Magazine, they had a big interview with Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, we're not going to break down the entire article because it's Empire. They write some pretty sizable stuff. Yeah. But there's a lot of different pictures, uh, some of them images that we've seen before, as in, you know, moments like from the trailer or something, and then several moments that we have not seen before. And then, like I said, a very sizable article that you'll be able to read in the magazine when it comes out. We were going to pull out some choice bits because we're going to be honest, a lot of this article rehashes a lot of things that we've already talked about since the production of this film started. So it's a lot of stuff that we already know about because we follow this stuff. But there were a few things that I thought were pretty notable that I was going to pull out. The first thing, and this is something I completely forgot about. Tim, do you remember that idea of DC Black? Mm -hmm. Well, we got a little bit more um, understanding. Apparently, this was a Todd Phillips idea. Todd Phillips pitched Warner Brothers executives. Uh, they were at a they were at the pool terrace for the premiere of his film War Dogs, and he suggested they begin a division called DC Black to separate itself from the current crop of DC films. And he said, "I said let Joker be the first, then let's get effing great filmmakers to come in." It's, it was also a way to differentiate from Marvel instead of trying to live in the shadow of that beast let's do something they can't do he said budget should be around 30 million films without all the cgi hoopla let's just strip that all away it'll be liberating so i remember that but then there was a there was a line where phillips basically said the studio loved his idea for joker but didn't commit to dc black so it's just like so that's where that went with okay it went it literally went nowhere okay good to know <laughs> yeah uh i mean we don't know whether it went nowhere yet Yet, but at least in this instance, it, it nothing kind of like went off the ground at that point. Yeah. So and then he went on to explain why he set his film in the early 80s. He said specifically this film will be set in Gotham in 1981. And he said, quote, it didn't want to take place in the world of Zack and Nolan or any of those guys. We just want to we just want it to be its own thing. And then he kind of goes off to talk about how Arthur Fleck will be a, will be an unbalanced character uh, that has been in the institution system for a long time with an un, with a condition that the film never specifies and, and and basically talking about how it's base it's been since 2004 since Joaquin Phoenix has done any kind of genre material he did a couple of M. Night Shyamalan movies and that he hasn't been back to it since so Todd Phillips was very excited that he was able to uh snag Joaquin Phoenix because they actually said in this article they wrote the script specifically for Joaquin Phoenix and they said in the optimistic hope that he would actually agree to do it. Yeah, they said they actually had a photo of him above their computer while they were writing and they were constantly thinking, God, can you imagine if we can get Joaquin to actually do this? So, And then Joaquin actually said that he did grow up reading comic books and he collected them when he was 13, even specifically mentioning the class classic Grant Morrison, Dave McKean, Arkham Asylum graphic novel. Huh, that's awesome. That's that's <laughs> a book. That's a book they'll put images in your head. Yeah. And he said that that was when that particularly grabbed him, which is cool. You know, so, I mean, that kind of explains why he was so willing to, like, listen to a pitch about this character. Yeah. And then I thought another interesting thing that Todd Phelps said is that there is not a single green screen in this movie. Okay. And I just, I thought that was very intriguing. He made a comment about how uh, this movie movie is the Joaquin Phoenix show. And he didn't want to worry about green screen or any of that crap. He just said, I wanted to be able to focus 
on Joaquin because this this is his movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and then it was really funny because he talked about how he, they 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 did this a lot with the idea of this being the New York City of 1981. So I had lots of thoughts about Frank Miller and his work in like Daredevil and Batman Year One and Dark Knight Returns and you know the idea of Gotham as New York in in the late 70s early 80s. So I'm and Frank Miller was even mentioned earlier in the article. So I, I just, I can't wait to kind of see that sort of seedy vibe. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm so stoked about this film. Uh, you know, they also said in the article that, you know, Phillips had actually screened some of the film uh, for Empire. And they said that this film delivers everything that, you know, they've been discussing. It's intense, intimately so, and gorgeous and odd. I like all those descriptions. I love all those descriptions. <laughs> These are all things that speak to me. Yeah. Uh, it says there's a scene, and, and this was in the, we can, you can see that this was actually in that little trailer they released. It says a scene involving Arthur dancing on his own to Hildur Gunadotter's disquieting cello-heavy score is particularly disconcerting. Wow. <laughs> okay. They said it was improvised by Phoenix on that day. Yes, he said, I just love watching him. Uh, see, Philip said, I just love watching him. I don't know how the Fast and Furious crowd are going to take that. Um, he, he apparently referred to it as interpretive dance. <laughs> oh, wow. This is going to, this movie really is going to be something different. I think so. I think so. So just as a reminder for you guys, this film is coming out October 4th of this year. Oh, righty then. Let's uh, talk about another R-rated, anticipated R-rated DC movie. Of course, we're talking about Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Uh, we've had a lot of rumor, you know, just kind of whispers coming, whispers and rumors coming around. Uh, we did find out, however, that according to, I guess, like IMDb or some other website, that there will be two cops in this movie called Officer Tim and Officer Dini, which will be a cool call out to, you know, Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini, the creators of Harley Quinn. It kind of remind, I love it when they do stuff like that. Kind of like you had Officer Rucka and Officer Mazzuchelli in BVS. So no, it's cool. Although I I will say if if they call out those names, that might be a little distracting to me. <laughs> uh well, you know Rucka and Mazzuchelli. I think one of them. I think you maybe you heard like over the like the police radio or something. Yeah. I remember I didn't see the names until the credits rolled. Right. And then I was like Rucka Mazzuchelli, awesome. Well, what was it? There was one of the films that we had reviewed on Squad movies where they were calling out the names of creators. Which, which film was that? Was that Hulk or something? I don't remember. But I remember at the time. Oh, it was Daredevil. Well, it was Daredevil. That's right. That's it was what Daredevil. It was. Yeah. Yes. All the all the Daredevil writers and artists <laughs> got were getting name dropped all over the place because they were all boxers. They were boxers. Yeah. yeah. It was fun to hear, but I was like, okay, wait a minute. That's kind of t- pulling me out just a little bit, but it's fine. That, yeah. That was only you. The that rest was only of me. Didn't mind. That was only you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So that's that's cool. Um. Apparently, Birds of Prey had another test screen. Uh, no surprise. And of course, um, yet again, had a lot of positive reactions. That means absolutely nothing, by the way. Let's just remind you of that. <laughs> when you hear that a film was test screened and had real favorable reactions, I think every single film has real favorable reactions. So make nothing of it. <laughs> um, we got some casting news this week for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Storm Reed, who I believe was last seen or most notably last seen in Ava DuVernay's A Wrinkle in Time film as the lead actress, she has been cast in... This is going to be the interesting description. The daughter of the yet-to-be-disclosed character that Idris Elba is playing. (laughs) 
Oh, well, that's that's going to be interesting. Now, um, you haven't seen Wrinkle in Time yet. No, I I know I know that Ray loved it. I know that you didn't. And I'm and nothing about the trailer inspired. That's one of those movies that you I watched the trailer and went, I'm not watching that movie. Yeah, that looks nothing like the book I remember reading. So <laughs> no pass. Yeah, no, I mean, I loved uh, Ava's uh, previous film, Selma. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Wrinkle in Time was a huge letdown for me. And it was mostly because like I, I felt like most of the performances in the film were just average at best, at very best. With the one exception, Storm Reed, I thought was fantastic in that film. I was really impressed with her as a young actress and all that. So I'm pretty excited to see that she's going to be signing on for this film because you know I I was always kind of thinking at the time like wow where could I see her like in a DC film so this is uh well I, I don't know how old she would be at this point maybe 15 16 in real life so um, she's not like a real young girl but she's you know definitely in her teens so um, it'll give a chance to kind of see what kind of acting chop she has you know beyond uh, what Ava got out of her for a wrinkle in time okay and then we have a rumor coming from, to us from discussing film saying that cinematographer Henry Braham I, I'm I'm throwing it out there uh who did previously work with james gunn on gardens of the galaxy volume two that's not selling it for me <laughs> and uh, the this maleficent sequel that's coming out uh he will be he, the, the rumors that he will be joining james gunn as the cinematographer for the suicide squad there you go i mean, I mean you know that film wasn't great but like i don't have any negative feelings about the cinematography i don't really have feelings one way or the other about the cinematography <laughs> It, it literally <laughs> yeah. did nothing for me. So as usual, it's probably one of the most uh, least surprising rumors to get out there that uh, a director may use the cinematographer that he has worked with before. And not only worked with before, but on his last film. Yes. <laughs> so take it with a grain of salt. So the article that I'm about to talk about is not the news. The fact of the article, it's, it's like who wrote the article is to me, what is the news? I was looking around on, on social media this week, and I found a article published by Newsweek that talked about the Snyder Cut. And I was like, what? <laughs> Newsweek? And apparently Newsweek in their entertainment section did an article about the release the Snyder Cut comments uh, following the release of the trailer for HBO Max. So, woohoo, they did an article about, you know, a lot, a lot of people doing the hashtag underneath the announcement. But it's Newsweek. Yeah. it's For me, it's just another, it's like every week I feel like we've got another mainstream media source. And how, more, how much more mainstream can you get than Newsweek doing? stories about this like they're they're finding it worth their clicks anyway that, that at least they think it's click worthy to mention the snyder cut in an article yeah which i think that's the news about this news yeah i mean so this is good you know kind of started with that ringer article which painted a really favorable like look at the entire movement and then went from that to and then we had like the washington post article and then uh that got picked up in what was it the toronto the toronto star toronto yeah. star yeah and now newsweek so and I, and we did hear that that Yahoo is looking to write an article as well? No, well, Yahoo did write an article. They were looking to write another article? I mean, because yeah. Yahoo was writing articles right about the time the Ringer article came out. Right, right, so, yeah. So it's just, wow. Yeah. Hey, publicity, go publicity. for it. Yeah, keep getting it out there. I was a little bit heartbroken, to be honest with you, Scott, when I saw this image of Cyborg put out there by Zach this week. Uh, it was an image of, it was kind of like a silhouette image in a cemetery, and it was an obvious picture of Cyborg just pounding down on a grave 
hindsight. And essentially, it was uh, from one of Snyder's scenes that were deleted, basically showing an incredibly emotional arc that was just stripped out of that film of Justice League. And then Zack Snyder confirmed in the comment section that this is actually Victor at his own grave. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. Someone asked him, is this Vic at his own grave? And Zack Snyder said, yes. And then someone else asked about the possibility uh, that the mother box could bring his parents back if it brought back Superman. And then he responded that his father was disintegrated, so there wouldn't have been, you know, there's no way for him to bring him back. And that his mom had been dead too long, so she would have been too decomposed for the mother box to bring her back. Yeah. Oh, but it, it was fr- it's frustrating because, like, can you imagine how powerful a scene that would have been? I'm just thinking about how this movie was basically Cyborg's movie. Yeah, it really was. It really was. And Fabian Wagner got in on the fun, and he shared a behind-the-scenes uh, shot of that of Zach's shot. And you know, Fabian talking about how you know he hated that it was deleted. It was just like, wow, more. It's just, it just feel like as this goes on, more and more people are kind of stepping up and kind of opening up the Pandora's box of, well, here's some stuff I have. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting because Fabian Wagner has not put out a whole lot. Like he's kind of like stayed out of the limelight on this when it comes to like the deleted scene. But it was just interesting, you know, uh, Zach puts out that image and and it just kind of puts some energy into Fabian. He like wanted to release some things. So like it's just helping to continue to keep this buzz going. So I hope all those guys keep doing it. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for our bit. Oh, oh, one little side note. I have not because the physical release of Shazam comes out on Tuesday. So I, of course, I'm going to wait to redeem my movies anywhere code. So I haven't listened to David Sandberg's commentary that's exclusive on iTunes. But there is a video that he did on YouTube explaining about some goofs in the movie that apparently he mentions in the commentary but then he like explains and expounds like a video essay on YouTube and all I can say is go watch that video I think it's brilliant <laughs> was it the one about like the uh, some of the uh, crew in the one scene was it that one well no it, it, it it's two things it's one about he realized that crew members got stuck in the shot right. so it was like how they were able to work the shot to make them look like they were mall patrons okay yeah I saw that one <laughs> and then the other other half of the video was talking about why basically why did a scene with all the foster kids play out a certain way yeah and it was all because well because by the time we get to this point in the movie we need them wearing coats yeah and and, <laughs> and it was like how the staging was changed from the script to accommodate the logic of how are we supposed to get to them having coats at this point later like 30 minutes later in the movie so it's a really great video to watch because it's why i love comment it's why i miss director's commentary exactly i miss director's explaining this kind of filmmaking yeah yeah and basically uh, and and i and i did watch those on youtube it's, it's very good uh it what's really cool about it is it it really does kind of explain like almost every single scene they have to fix something like by the time they get into the editing bay they they just start seeing these things and they're like okay how do we fix this how do we fix that and uh it's just so interesting the whole process and of filmmaking and what's great about david is he's he's not uh he doesn't put on this he's not hiding it. he's not hiding it he doesn't put on his front he says look yeah i screwed this up or you know this didn't work and you know look at this i i had this you know i was filming the scene and i had my crew member sitting in the background Entire crew on the set <laughs> all in, in the, the set shot. in the shot and it was great it like it's such a great honesty i mean it just gives me so much respect for this guy you know as a professional but also as uh as somebody who's can relate to you know to the fans and to the general audience and just you know just kind of talk to us like normal people it's it's great i just love it how i was like i'm going to digitally insert bags in your hands <laughs> your customers i'm going to give you a mop your gender now yep. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny it's really good yeah 
So I I, uh, I am looking forward to listening to that because, like I said, this is the first director's commentary of any DCEU film. I, it blows my mind. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some TV news. Uh, there is going to be, I think, I think Tim, I think you need to go do this because if you're going to be on DC TV Squadcast, sure. you need to go to the Pennyworth Experience I do. at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, so uh, over at um, the Pennyworth Experience at San Diego, it's a beginning with a challenge, and there's fans who are able to figure out the correct password will gain access to the Velvet Rope. It's a high society in London lounge. It's filled with gambling, uh, drag and cabaret performances, live music from that era, as well as it's going to uh, lead you into a library that's going to have like an eerie poetry reading at the posh hidden headquarters of the mysterious raven society i do need to do this you do need to do this <laughs> not because of the the drag in the cabaret but just because of the like the experience that would just be pretty awesome yeah no one wants to see you in drag tim just no saying. not at all no myself included um the final stop is going to be the raven society's dank dungeon where the membership's darker deeds present themselves hmm yeah i think you need to go to this <laughs> oh it would just this would be fun like i i'm kind of glad that they're going to going all in with this thing with pennyworth yeah it's apparently going to be in the gaslight district of san diego yeah at, at the oxford social club at the pendry san diego hotel so they'll open first at like from 11 to 5 uh, on that thursday it was it was that the friday and then the hours will expand to 10 to 7 on the two following days so and then there'll be a special they're gonna air, they're gonna premiere the pilot at comic-con and then there'll be a video presentation and a q a panel uh the a couple of days later yeah and i hear they're going to be giving out some special pennyworth napkins so you know jonathan mechanic oh you just yeah. jonathan you gotta go out there buddy get <laughs> yourself some more napkins get some more napkins <laughs> oh poor jonathan hope you got his phone back by now i hope so too okay you take this one this this is this is your this is this is the stuff that makes tim happy go ahead you're talking about superboy returning to legion of superheroes yes go ahead i, I don't have a whole lot to say about it i mean but brian michael bendis and it's i'm sure maybe even dc released it i don't know but he released a, an image of the cover of legion of superheroes millennium number two and yes of course it, it it's uh it shows superboy being given a legion flight ring which basically means you know you've been accepted into the legion uh so that was kind of fun to to look at but i gotta be honest with you scott yes be honest with me i'm gonna be one of these guys that's gonna be like looking to see am i really gonna enjoy this series and the reason being is because you know i've been wanting an ongoing legion of superheroes continuous series again which i'm hoping to get that out of this but like the one thing that sook that artist has done and, and all and brian michael bendis is like they're doing some pretty significant redesigns to a lot of the characters oh no are we gonna have hashtag not my legion well no no but i but i um i've been kind of trolling some Facebook sites on it, uh, you know, that are Legion fans. And oh my God, there are a ton of people not happy about this. <laughs> so which is kind of funny. Comic book fans not happy no. about something new? No. That would never happen. Yeah. No, but I mean, I got to be honest, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, not saying it's, I'm not going to be like, it's not my Legion. Because I mean, I definitely have a, a really fond place in my heart for the old classic Legion of Superheroes looks and, you know, the way they were depicted in the past. Like, you know, I always love seeing that. Looking at a lot of these redesigns, like there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to be able to accept it. Um, like I said, I'm open-minded. I'll accept it for what it is. But a part of me kind of wishes 
as it was the original depictions of the characters. You know, it would be something that I could immediately attach all that, like, um, that history with uh, the team to, you know. But yeah, I'm looking forward to see what they do because it's, it's going to be a whole new take. Hey, but Bendis got you your red, uh, get you your red Superman undies back. So, you know. <laughs> I was not a fan of the red Superman undies. I wasn't either, but I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not. So, oh, well, what are you going to do? But yeah. That's the Legion of Superheroes update. Okay. And then lastly, not DC related, but it definitely a news story that will appeal to our fan base. Um, Deadline reports that Zack Snyder and Jay Oliva will be teaming up again to write and produce a, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, <laughs> an anime Norse mythology series for Netflix. I, I That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> my mind is blown, and I'm going to watch the crap out of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow, this was uh, this was kind of fun to see. So, what's what's cool about it is like clearly, you know, Zach's going to be doing some stuff with Netflix here. I know, super super smart on Netflix's part. Well, this is going to be the very first production from Stone Quarry Animation because when Zack Snyder changed Cruel and Unusual Films into Stone Quarry, they mentioned animation in their list, and so this is going to be the first. Uh, Deborah Snyder mentioned that on Vero when she posted the news story. And Jay Oliva had been teasing that he had some non-DC related news coming up pretty soon. Uh, I love this quote from the head of anime programming for Netflix, uh, John Derderian. He said, Zack Snyder's innovation and visual storytelling has pushed the industry forward and established him as one of the most distinctive filmmakers of his generation. We are beyond excited to partner with him and his exceptional team to bring the iconic character Characters and stories of Norse mythology to life in his inimitable style. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, Netflix has been having some success with their anime. I mean, I enjoyed Voltron. Uh, I haven't watched Castlevania yet. And I looked at their, like, upcoming, and, my like, they're going all in. Like, they're doing Magic the Gathering, Pacific Rim, Ghost in the Shell, Transformers War for Cybertron. Like, they are, as they're driving to push more original content, they are tackling anime. Yeah. Well, I mean, anime especially uh, outside the country has just got a huge following. So it's 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 a super smart thing for them uh, to do because, I mean, they're going to be losing some subscribers because, you know, they're going to be losing content, you know, to Warner Media Streaming Service and also to... And Disney Plus. And Disney Plus and all that. So, you know, they, they need to kind of fill in some of those gaps and it's kind of a smart way to do it. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying this and I have to agree. Concerned that he hasn't even started shooting Army, for, Army of the Dead, um, Netflix likes working with Zack Snyder, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I am so excited because I love J. I mean, the the DC Universe original movies that Jay Oliva directed. Oh, they are they are obviously anime inspired and gorgeous. So I cannot wait to see what this looks like. Yeah, remind me which ones did he do? Which ones did he direct? Uh, he directed uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yep, I knew that one. Uh, he directed Flashpoint Paradox. Okay, so that's the one in my mind that really stands out of a very sort of anime inspired style was Flashpoint Paradox. Yeah. But he he direct, he either storyboarded or directed others, but those are like, you know, when you say Jay Oliva, those are like the two big ones you hold up and go, oh. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. I think someone might correct me here. I think he also did Justice League War. Okay, but... because that was the first one that started off the the continuity, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. But oh, oh, and he also did uh, I think Justice League Dark. Okay, which looked very pretty. Yeah. So yeah, so he 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 has directed some good ones. Yeah. So I cannot wait for this. Cool. Yeah, especially Norse mythology. That's that's kind of be a fun one to tackle. Don't see enough of that. You don't see enough of that mythology, and so there's so much, so much material to mine yeah oh that's gonna be cool so yeah good news good good for both of those guys i'm glad to see those two working together again oh yeah because that, i mean that's just the fact that they're working together that's gonna put even more emphasis on anything that jay oliva says <laughs> on twitter <laughs> <laughs> because clearly they're talking absolutely oh man yeah. so guys that's it for this week's podcast we want to thank you so much for listening and we hope to hear from you um i can be reached at scott dc 27 the show can be reached at suicide squadcast on twitter yep and then you can reach me on Twitter at Alan Fire. You can email the show at suicidesquadcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Vero Facebook. We have a website, suicidesquadcast.com. And we want to remind you uh, that we can, if you want to support us and help keep the network going, go to patreon.com slash squadcastmedia, where $5 a month gives you access to all of our additional content. We've Remember, guys, we've got From Hell, and after that, I believe we got Batman 89 coming yeah, up for Squadcast finally. Movies. Finally! We've been dying to get our hands on that one yeah so it's coming so you better sign up so you don't miss it yeah and we've got like we're now getting into really the heart of when comic book films are really taking off with our reviews yes yeah so we're, we're, we're kind of getting past some of the <laughs> movies <laughs> some of those movies some of the bumps in the road but but it's been fun you know, because I, I really feel like what's so important is to the, to really get a true context, kind of like in order of how all the stuff kind of played out. So Absolutely. So, yeah. so that's going to be it for this week. So, guys, to all of our listeners, we want to remind you, go out and keep reading DC. Yep. See you guys. Hollywood doing what Heroic Hollywood does and just saying the same thing. Is that all um, it is? I mean, let me double check. I didn't bother. I don't like clicking on Heroic Hollywood stuff. I just avoid that. Uh, Andy Mezzicelli seemingly confirms he's directing. Seemingly. I love that. <laughs> uh, let me see. He literally liked a tweet. <laughs> we have to talk about this. No, we do not. <laughs> you made me click on Heroic Hollywood for that. It's not a mortal sin. Okay. It is a mortal sin. It's not a mortal sin. You're not going to be judged by St. Peter at the gates, okay? I will. <laughs> Peter is going to look at me and go, my son, what have you done? Now is the time to be honest, my son. Did you click on a heroic Hollywood link? Yes. I'm sorry. You must turn around and walk away. No!
yeah, let's uh, let's kind of do a little catch up on what happened this past week. Okay, well, it's kind of funny because we talked about last week. There was a rumor going around that the front runner for a name for the Warner Media streaming service was going to be HBO Max. Hey, hey, real quick, you know, we never yes. did our announcements. Do we want to do those? We do need to do those. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me kind of I'll, I'll backpedal and said uh, let's where I said I kind of I led you right into that. <laughs> you did. You did. So, yeah. <laughs> I nailed you. Okay. 